Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm no longer in my mother's basement. I'm actually back at school, uh, and I got a little Scarface action going on in the background. But today, more importantly, we got my man Taco Fall uh, onto the pod. Taco, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? I I'm doing great. Appreciate you jumping on with us today. No problem. What you been up to, man? Tell me about tell me about life and, and quarantine and all these weird times. I mean, I, I think the majority of the time I just been chilling. Um, try to stay busy by, you know, I work out when I can. Um, picked up a few things here and there, but yeah. it's, it's been hard to you know to find things to do since every, everything everything has been closed until until recently. Um, yeah. Are they are they open up there now in Boston? What is it? What's what's life like there? I think we are on in phase two. Um, like the restaurant are starting to open up, but you can't go inside. You can you know all the takeout or eat outside. Um, for the rest, I don't know. I haven't been out much. The only you time don't, I go you don't out leave is, the apartment. Yeah, the only time I go out is to go work out. That's it. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? How I mean, everybody. I've been I've moved around the country a little bit here during this quarantine, like because we had a place down in Florida. Me and my girl went, but everybody and nobody's on the same page. No state is like the same page. No organization. Like you're talking about phase two. I think Wisconsin, where I was for a while, was in phase two. Like last month, they're completely open now. Bars are open. I mean, it's it's madness right now. But you said you've been been working out quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Been trying to stay sharp. Um, yeah. Keep my conditioning. What do you What do you do conditioning wise? Like right now, because trainers and stuff. Are you going in uh, with with guys from the Celtics, or is it just kind of on your own? Um, I mean, I try. There's a lot of things we're not we're still not allowed to do. So we, um, I just try to follow the rules. Um, I do run a lot. Um, I've been on the court, you know, a few times now more constant you know consistently because the gyms yeah. are open and we can use our facility so um we just go there and work out but we're just trying to follow the rules pretty much because yeah you can you can never be too cautious how long uh how long has your facility been open i know everybody's kind of opened at different times honestly i don't even remember it's probably yeah. been maybe a week or, no two weeks maybe yeah yeah that's good stuff that's good stuff well, man, hey, like I said, I appreciate you jumping on and talking, but I want to try to get into some stuff. People love you. You're obviously, uh, you know, phenomenon everywhere, and you've taken, you know, a lot of eyeballs, and a lot of people are watching what's going on with the Celtics and Taco Fall and everything uh, right now. What's, uh, what do you think the next couple months are going to look like? What do you think about this whole bubble down in, in Florida? What's your, what's your take on all that? Well, I mean – from what I've seen, I, I, I know that the NBA is working really hard to make it work. Um, they, they're making sure everything is set before we get there. And uh, it's, I mean, we won't know until, you know, we get there and see how it's going to be. But honestly, I'm really excited to play, um, just, you know, to compete. I haven't done that since, since March. And, yeah. you know, you play basketball for so long, it's like, it's like, it becomes part of your life and it's like you're missing something. So I'm just excited to go out there and, and have the opportunity to play. Um, everything else is just you're going to have to to deal with and they're going to make it as comfortable um, as possible for us. No, that's that's good stuff. I, did you see that thing about the, the rings that they're going to have you guys wear? 
I've heard of those rings. I think you don't. You may not have to wear it, but yeah. Um, I mean, anything to if 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 you're wearing those rings, can you know collect data on you know if you're sick or not? Then yeah, not well, yeah, yeah. I think they're they're gonna help. We wear um, at WVU. We wear. I don't know if they're the same ones, but they're called Aura rings. Um, yeah. So you throw them on. They got these three like little sensors, um, and you like I. I slept with mine last night and it like it's Bluetooth to an app or whatever. And it can track like uh, the amount of time spent in REM sleep, the amount of time yeah. spent in deep sleep, restfulness. Uh, it's crazy. I'll get in bed and I'll, I might sleep for eight hours at eight, eight hours, eight and a half hours, but I'll be in, in bed. That ring will tell me there's two, two and a half hours that I just wasn't sleeping. Like I was awake mentally. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, that's but, crazy. It'll be it'll be good to see you know all the changes that they're gonna make. You uh you like Adam Adam Silver and everything that he's done. I think he's great. I think, I think he's, he's great. I mean I I've met I've met Adam Silver a few times, and every time I've met him, I just I've I just always had a few a, a good vibe. He's uh, a cool dude. He's a great dude, and um he he does a tremendous job. I mean I, I mean people people really respect him around the NBA. Right. And, I've heard nothing but positive things about him, and he's doing a great job. He's handling this thing pretty well. I mean, yeah. all year he has handled pretty much something that not a lot of people in this position have, and he's mm-hmm. doing a, a great job about it. So, um, for me, I was really excited about what he's doing um, for basketball in Africa and what what they're trying to do with the basketball African League and all that. And he was what's he playing. What's he doing over there? Um, they they started the the ball the Basketball African League, which they postponed uh, because of the coronavirus. It was supposed to um, start a few months, I think in March or April, something like that, in Dakar. Um, so the NBA is uh, making that happen. Back really? Now. Yeah, which is great. I didn't know anything about that. So they're starting like they're starting a, like a sister league over in Africa where – like is it a professional level league or what level? Yeah, it's, a, it's a professional league. No, that's awesome. That's sure. really cool. Yeah, man. Adam Silver seems to always uh, he he's like two steps ahead of everything, you know. No, he's, Stern, he's 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 great. He's great. Yeah, David Stern. I know, is good. Yeah, I know. I know. He's he's. I mean, he's handled it pretty well so far, and I'm, that's why we we in really good hands. So yeah, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't imagine trying to deal with something you've never. I mean, there's no rule book for this stuff, right? We've never been through it as a as a country as a world. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's taken it like in stride though I I think David Stern was great uh but I think Adam Silver has taken you know everything he learned and he's taken it to a whole new level and yeah, now you said sure. you said basketball in Africa and everything they're doing over there you're originally from Senegal right yeah so where where in relation for people who are listening give us whereabouts that that is Senegal is and and where you know you kind of grew up and in, in the backstory there um, Dakar. I grew up in D- Dakar. Is is um, the capital city in Senegal. So Senegal is all the way to the west in Africa. So like you see, like have you seen the map of Africa, the whole continent? Yep, I got you. So on the west side, it's like yeah. it's almost like a nose sticking out, and yep. that's what that's what Senegal, Dakar, Senegal. So is. like north northwestern part of the the continent. It's, yes, not on the northwest. Northwest. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So and you and how that's where you were born. I was born there. Um, 
I left there when in my early teenage years. Okay. So yeah, I left there when I was sixteen. How was it growing up? Uh, growing up over there. Um, it's it's different. You know, the the culture is different. Um, the people there are different. Obviously, the language is different. Yeah. Um, it's it's so many things that you know you come from a different country. You have to learn again. And uh, but I, it wasn't perfect. I mean, there's things that everybody has a story. Everybody has gone through some type of struggle. Um, right. But it was definitely a good environment for me to grow grow up in. As far as like, um, I feel like it was a good like growing up in Senegal, then coming to the states was the best things that that were the best thing that could have happened to me. I think. Really. Yeah. What kind of like adversity struggles did you go through, kind of growing up those first few years that you think helped you to get to you where you are now? Well, I mean, you had. Obviously, there's there's a lot of poverty where I'm, yeah. where I'm from. Uh, even though we probably one of the best countries in in Africa, um, we it's like a very e- peaceful, economically, economically, we, yeah, it's a very peaceful country. Also, yeah. um, everybody's welcome, everybody's treated well. Yeah, so that that part was fine, but financially we did have some struggle. Um, but my mom did did a really good job of making sure that I had that she put me in the right environment and then I had most of the things that I needed uh, for the most part, regardless of how, you know, how much struggle that we were going through. And um, the culture there, just how I was raised, um, coming from, you know, coming from there and then coming here, I avoided a lot of distractions and um, things that, you know, could have take, taken me the wrong path. And um, that's something I'm really thankful for, you know. You think there's more? You think there's more distractions, kind of in like the American culture? Because I think this is an interesting point that you brought up. Like in American culture, there's a lot of different things that go on, uh, especially around the country. Uh, do you think there's more distractions, like around here, when kids are growing up, and, and compared to what you were dealing with? Obviously, you had struggles and different things that went on in in Senegal, but like compared to America, how different is that? Do you think? Well, it's def- it's very different because the cultures are different. Right. Um, I was raised, I was raised in an African house- household and a Muslim household, and okay. you know, it's things that is in every religion. It's things you can do, things you cannot do, and you know how kids are raised, and and then the the culture is just overall different. That doesn't mean that you know the culture in America is bad, or our culture is better, or our culture is bad. No, it's just you know people have different experiences and right. things like that. And yeah, my, the way, the way I was raised um, coming into here, I just saw things a little different, which, um, you know, made me avoid a few, a few things here and there. So you said you were, you were raised in a Muslim household? Yeah. So that is that uh, Muhammad Ali, he's one of the like, like leaders of, of that religion and, and, you know, way of life. Is that why I saw on your Twitter is he your, is he your header? That is one of the reasons why. Wow. And, um, yeah, he, that is one of the reasons why. Him being a Muslim athlete and um, just everything that he stood for and the type of person that he was, he always stayed true to himself regardless of, you know, the outside noise or any outside pressure. And yeah. uh, I feel like that's something that people need to really look up to because I just feel like people don't think for themselves anymore in, in general. And... He was one of the, yeah, he was one of the people that always, you know, stays true to himself and 
I'm not saying because no, I don't think anyone can you know live up to him to who he was. Not me, right. not nobody, but you know, striving to you know to just kind of I want to have that kind of impact that he had. Um, you know, leave a mark um, on people. You know, inspire them to become the best that they could possibly be, and uh, yeah. you know, just just live my life saying true to myself. You know, regardless of. Um, any outside pressure of uh, what, whatever, you know, people think or anything like that. Yeah, I think, you know, that's, that's great to hear, man, because I think right now more than, more than ever, I feel like that's such an important thing. You got a lot of people running around, you know, with ideas that aren't, that aren't theirs, you know. Yeah, not- people, it's just, it's a social media area, you know. People, <laughs> yeah. You, 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 people, people, th- and it's, 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 it's nothing against people. It's just they tend to follow the mass just, just because it's the the cool thing to do, um, but the mass is not all. Yeah, the mass is not always right. You know? Right. Sure. No, that's cool. So when when did you start? Like when did you get into Muhammad Ali? Was that recently, or did you look up to him as like a kid? Or I I always knew of Muhammad Ali. Um, I mean, back home we know we know a lot of a lot of these Muslim, these Muslim athletes like Muhammad Ali, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Hakeem Olajuwon. So. Those names are and Muhammad Ali came to came to Africa before, so um, we knew of him. But then when I got to the states, I got to know more about him, started to study more about him. Um, that's actually one of the ways I learned how to speak English. Like I would go on YouTube, listen to music, watch yeah. all these videos of like different people, and I just got to know his story, um, who he was, and some you know some other people and. Um, just the more I learned about him, the more it's like I was just getting inspired every day yeah. to just try to live my life, you know, the same way he did. And um, it's, I'm far from, I don't think I would ever attain his, his level, but uh, just being close to that, man. That, that well, yeah. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about, I mean, Muhammad Ali was, was bigger than in his sport. I mean, Tyson, I don't even know reach if he reached that level. Um, you know, Mayweather, all these guys. There was a difference between all these guys and who Muhammad Ali was and what he kind of stood for. And that's the craziest part is is years later we're sitting here talking about. Not, I don't know anything about boxing. I've never stepped in a ring. Uh, I barely put on gloves other than for a workout. But I know like the lasting impact. And what I loved about him was his confidence. Right. Kind of go. Yeah. Oh yeah, that too. That that too. Listen, that's. I mean, that's. I would say that's probably one of the first things that attract attracted me. Like, uh, yeah. pull me into him. His yeah. confidence. Like, it didn't matter who he was up against. It didn't matter. And it was. It wasn't like he felt like he was. There's a difference between feeling that you are better than people. Yeah. And knowing that you are the best. Right. You can You can feel that you are the best without trying to put other people down. Yeah. You were the perfect you never did that. Yeah. So you got people that will try to step on other people, like saying, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. No, right. we all, we all the same. You know, we all have something special, but it's that inner confidence that you have in yourself that like, I'm the best that I could possibly be. And there's no one who can match that pretty much. Yeah, I think a lot of I think a lot of athletes nowadays are trying to they're trying to replicate they're trying to emulate that that confidence and there's yeah. only it's like a it's a fine line it's a fine balance right because like yeah. you were saying 
if you're sitting here attacking, you know, the other guy across the table, uh, that that's not something that's going to last in people's minds for, you know, you know, tens of hundreds of years, like some of these athletes are starting to do, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali will be the greatest because of that confidence. And it wasn't a quiet confidence. People knew that he felt he was the greatest. I mean, that's, that's his tagline. I am the greatest, but it was something so pure in the fact that he worked, he worked for that. He worked for that for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so you grow up and what you said, you started learning English from, you know, videos with him, music and stuff like that. What was your, what was your first language? Uh, Wolof, which is my travel language, and uh, French was my second one. Oh, okay. So yeah. you, were, you were bilingual initially, and then you had to – when did you start learning English? I did English classes when I was back home, so I had, like, the basics down. Yeah. Um, but when I got here, it was just, like, totally different because yeah. um, I, could not, I could not follow people at all. People were talking too fast and um, and – music and watching TV and just listening to people was a good way for me to, to get my ears to get used to kind of. Well, where'd you, where'd you move to initially in the United States? Texas. Well, now now I know why it was so, I mean, that's a whole different kind of, (laughs) a whole different kind of English down there. They, they, they say some things I don't even understand, man, but it's uh it's cool that, that you didn't start until, I mean, that wasn't English wasn't obviously your first language, but man, I gotta tell you, you're about as smooth spoken. I've never gotten to a chance to talk to you, but you're definitely killing it, man. Definitely killing it in that sense. Love it. Um, and then you went to, so you go to Central Florida. How how does this happen? Because you get here when you're 16. Mm-hmm. How is that recruiting process different for you compared to a kid who might have grew up in the United States? Well, I mean, I probably had the same recruiting process um, than any other kid in the States once I got here. Uh, before I got here, so I started playing ba- playing basketball when I got here. That's the reason. That's the main reason why I came here um, right. was to learn how to play basketball. Um, so just just randomly, um, his um, his name is Ibrahim Menja. He has like a an academy in Senegal. It's called Flying Star. He's he started the academy not too far from where I live. So they used to you know drive around the neighborhood a lot. And just one day they randomly saw me. I was, I think I was walking back um, from my best friend had like a basketball. His brother is a big basketball fan. So after school, we used to go out and just play around. And that's where they saw me, but I stopped going there. So they kept going there, but they would never find me. Until one day I was like, you know what? Like I was just bored. I just went to just hang out. And this guy come up to me and he's like, Yo, like I've been looking for you. I was like, oh, <laughs> sure. He's like, you come with me. I have someone who wants to talk to you. And I was like, uh, no, I'm not coming with you. I don't know you. <laughs> yeah, so, that's how we were all okay. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know you. And um, he said, okay, then wait for me here. I go, I go get him. I was like, sure. I waited for him. It was starting to get late. I waited for almost like 30 minutes or something like that. And he finally came. He came with. Ibrahim, the guy who owns the, the academy. Flying Star. Okay. Yeah, and then he started talking to me about his academy and things like that. And I just like, I was like, okay. Um, so to kind of like get away from it, I, I was like, okay, you got to come talk to my mom then. <laughs> he came and talked to my mom. He came he with like, you to the house? Yes. He was wow. like, 
It was like, because um, my, my mom was big on education. Like, we were struggling, but she made sure I went to a private school. Like, she was like, you're going to go to school. Okay. That was huge for it. And I was a really good student. So he he was, and a lot of people came to my mom before. It was like, your son should play basketball because I was getting taller and taller, like, every month. But she, we never really, you know, considered it um, until that day when the dude was like, I can get him to America because he probably would get the best training out there and he's going to get the opportunity to go to school and he's going to have the opportunity to have even a scholarship to go to great schools. And once he said that, my mom was like, sure. And uh, so that was it. That was it. And then six months later, I was, um, I was here. I went to Texas, man. That was those, those, that first year was tough. Uh, just I was being like, away from family. Just being away from family, and it's like I I played sports. I played soccer. Uh, my mom put me in like martial arts and stuff like that. But I never really considered sports as a career for me. And really? so I had to get used to knowing how to work and knowing how to work hard. Um, also, like I just got thrown right in. Um, pretty much, and right. having no experience in playing basketball, and I was tall. And mentally, that was that was tough because I didn't know what I was doing out there uh, for the first few months. But then, after that, I feel like pride kind of kind of kicked in because um, whether it was in like school or um, things like that, I always wanted to be the best. In school, we used to compete, so the the, the system that we have. It's different from America. You have you, you compete, so it's like first, second, third, fourth, until like the last. So it's class. So you're example. ranked. Yes. So it's for example, my class, we had, let's say we had fifty people, and then each semester, they rank who the best students are. Wow. And I I, I was in the I had a group of friends. We were considered kind of the nerds. And <laughs> Taco Falls a nerd. I was a nerd. Between really. Us, between us, we always used to be like that group that used to yeah. be in the five. And we used to compete within that group. So I always had that kind of pride in me. So once I came here and I was like, man, like I got to get this right. Yep. So I started to study the game, uh, started to watch more videos, starting to invest, you know, some more time into it. And um, the guy I was staying with back then, his name is Ben Simmons, actually. Um, he, he you said he, Ben Simmons. Yeah, his name was Ben Simmons. Not that Ben Simmons. Not that Ben Simmons. Okay, yeah. okay, I figured. Go ahead. Yeah, he he did he did a good job also like trying to push me as well. Um, so I just started starting to invest my time more into it, and I, as I was doing that, I just fell in love with it, you know, yeah. more. And then once I did that, it clicked. I just. I just started getting better. And, uh, so were you at one point more focused on, like, school and academics than you were yeah. sports at all? Absolutely. When, that, that shift didn't happen until you got here to the States? That shift didn't happen until I was, like, a junior or senior in high school. In high school? Did you yeah. go to a prep or did you go to a public school down there? In, uh, <clears throat> uh, in, in Texas, I, went, I was supposed to go to a prep school, but um, some things happened. Uh, I won't get into that. It was a lot. Hey, I don't look. I know about the prep school scene. We don't got to yeah. get into it, brother. <laughs> yeah, so uh, a lot of things happened. I ended up going to a charter school, okay, uh, which was almost like a public school. 
yeah. I wasn't supposed to be go there at all. And then some things happened. I left Texas, um, uh, went to a few states, and ended up in Florida where I went to another prep school. But this time I went to a really a good prep school. Like they, they really took care of me. And what uh, was uh, what was that one called? Uh, Liberty Christian Prep. Liberty Christian Prep. Okay. Yeah, in Florida. Um, not too far from Orlando in like the various from there I met my host family, um, which I, I stayed with them uh, pretty much the whole time. We still they're pretty much part of my family now. Yeah. So yeah, so I, once I got to Florida, that's when really things really started to pick up. Um okay. I, I went to a good AU program, which was each one teach one. Um yeah. That's when my recruit, recruitment started to pick up. Um, then from there, I had a good senior year. And uh, UCF was not too far from me. Um, ended up, you know, committing to UCF. And uh, just from there, it's like... Yeah, think, no, it, it, it obviously took off. UCF, yeah. that decision was... Who else were you deciding between? Or was UCF kind of the one spot where you're like, yeah, that makes sense for me to be here? I mean, I was college, man, college recruitment was probably the toughest decision that I had to make um, really? at that time. It, it was, it was insane because it's like, I didn't know much about college basketball, so I didn't have much information to go on to. Um, I started, uh, my first schools were very small. And then in that summer, it just, I just started to get more offers, more offers, more offers. And the more option you have, the harder it is to make a decision. Yeah, and no doubt. Yeah, UCF was probably, I would say, the first school to recruit me. But they, they weren't the first school to offer me. But they were the first school to, like, actually come to to my school. and Contact and, Contact and watch. Yeah, so I've, I've, had, I've had that, you know, connection with them, talking to the coach, and then – after that summer, Coach Coach Jones and uh, his staff they used to come to my school like all the time. Like they really? were, they I used to see their faces all the time. So I got to get become familiar with them. But I I also had big schools. Um, I had Georgetown at that time, um, Georgia Tech. I had Clemson, um, Florida State. Um, I think I had like 18. I don't remember exactly which what team. Why not, why not Florida State? Because obviously staying in state was, was something you wanted to do. Was UCF just a better fit, better relationship? UCF was closer. Um, I closer? Mean, Florida, I was, yeah, UCF was way closer than Florida State. And um, I think – and the Florida State had a lot of other bigs too as well. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, they normally do. Yep. Yeah, so um, with UCF, I mean – the vision, I could have went to a way bigger school than UCF, but right. the vision that Coach Jones, who was there my first year, had was like, you can either go to a school where they already have a lot of history, or you can come to UCF and make your own history. Yeah, no, I, that, I I love that. That's all. Yeah. Because you guys almost did. Yeah. I mean, like not almost. You guys put UCF really on the map with that game exactly. against. That's that's what we were trying to do. And um, yeah. that's that's that like that's that stuck with me pretty much the whole time I was at UCF. Even though Coach Jones left after my first year, and then Coach Dawkins came, and Coach Dawkins pretty much had the same mentality. Like 
um, that we could build the program, you know, take it to another level. And uh, every year I had that in mind. Um, and finally, my, my last year, we were able to, you know, to do something really special. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I, love, I love hearing about coaches who not only, you know, pitch you something great, but then they're, you know, continuing to follow through on it. Uh, it sounds like, well, not sounds like it was a great fit for you because you ended up, uh, you know, joining the Celtics organization. You go undrafted on draft night. What was, bring me through that night, kind of what your mentality was going through, uh, you know, that whole process and, and where you thought it was going to end up uh, and, and now where you're at now. I mean, it was, um, that night was tough because I felt like I had, you know, work myself in the position to to get drafted. Just yeah. from that, I had a great summer um, leading up to the draft. Um, I did, did you well. have a lot of workouts with teams? Yeah, I had I had quite a few. Um, How'd those go? Those went pretty well for the majority. The majority went pretty well, and then I did really good at the com. I did actually two combine. I did the G League combine, which I okay. was first invited to that. And then from that year combine, I was invited to the main combine. Right. So I did those two, and I did well. Um, I got, you know, I got work. I started my workouts after that, and I did well for the majority of them. Um, and in, in draft night, I was just hearing, oh, yeah, like, you get drafted, you get drafted. And I was actually there. Um, I were was you, there. you were in New York that night? Ah, I was in New York. Wow. I was in New York. I went – and um, it was it was a very very disappointing night. But um, you know that night I just took a deep breath. Um, I mean I knew some teams were gonna call, so yeah, I had to, you know gather myself and make sure that I try to make the best decision I could for myself and um, for my family. But it, it was it was a tough night. But like like I said, I've always been um, a man of faith. And I always think that things happen for a reason. Um, just the way my whole journey went, I felt like that's not how my journey was going to end. Like, yeah, I went through all those things and the way I started and everything was so perfectly put that I knew that, you know, something I, I deep, deep inside. I knew that at the end, I mean, it was going to be tough, but it was going to work out. So I just needed to keep that faith and you knew kind of, you know, I had in mind that, you know, God was going to work things out and I just needed to do my part. From there, after the draft, went back to my hotel, talked to my agent, a few teams called, uh, but Boston was the first one to call, like, right after, right away. Like, right after the draft, are we talking that yeah, same they, night? They, they called the same, yeah, they were the first one to call. And they kept calling, they kept, like, they were very persistent. Yeah. And, that, that, that just told me everything that I needed to know. And I, I say, I sat there, I was like, should I go there? Uh, there was, it was between them and um, there was some other options that I wouldn't want name, but like, I thought about it and they kept calling, they kept pushing. I was like, you know what, I'm going to Boston. And then from there, I didn't look back. Uh, and as soon as I said I was coming to Boston, like, they all texted me. I was like, everybody texted me. I was like, wow. And it's just, it's crazy when you get a text from coach. Like, because Brad texted me. Steve, you um, the one who texted you? Yes, himself. Um, Brad texted um, me. Chris, Chris Brad texted me. Danny texted me. Um, Austin texted me. And 
all, a lot of guys texted me from the team, and I just knew, like, this is probably – this is where I'm meant to be. And from, yeah. the, from the moment I stepped, stepped foot in, um, in Boston, I just – I just felt the love, not, you know, not just from the organization, but from the people in Boston, you know, every, every single, everywhere that I've been, they were just, people were just excited to, to have me. And then I started, you know, working out and I just could tell that they were really, really to invest in me, that they saw um, that I had a lot of potential and that they were going to push me to get to, you know, where I'm supposed to be. And from there, that just gave me a lot more confidence to, to, because I had, I really had no pressure from from Dana, because I just, I just knew. And uh, now I talked to, I talked to a few NBA guys, and anytime they talk about getting into the league, there's this kind of anxiety that hangs over you right before, because college, you assume the next step is professional at whatever level, and these guys that might have been, you know, either right on the fringe of NBA overseas guys, or you know, first round, second round there's this uncertainty and then as soon as they know like they're in the right spot they feel that that kind of lift did you feel that, that oh yeah relaxed uh, I, as soon as I, when I got there I just you can just tell I mean it's like people people are not you, you can read a room you can when you get into a room you can tell if people want you there or people don't want you there or people yeah. are willing to when I got to Boston I just could tell that you know they are they want me there and that they know I can help them and that they're going to invest in me and make me the best basketball player that I could possibly become, you know, so I can have a long career. And yeah. Once I, once I had that in mind, I just had, I had no pressure. I was there to work and get better. And that's all I was trying to do. I was trying to go out there, work hard, um, listen to them and, um, and get better. And when I, from the time I got to Boston, I've met, because we all assigned, like we, we are assigned individual coaches and I was very fortunate that mine was like Jay Laronega and he's the guy that has probably pushed me the most out of, you know, every everybody. And he's still to this day. And yeah. he has helped taking my game to just an, another level. And from there, um, obviously, I got the two-way contract, and um, I was going back and forth between the G League and, and Boston. And even the time that I spent in the G League with the coaches that were there, uh, especially, you know, Barlow and um, Ehrman and um, a lot of the guys that were there, um, I, I knew some of them already during training camp. They were there. So I, I had some familiar face, faces, but yeah. they, just made it, they just made it very fun. Um, even I mean, it's, it's it was the games in the G League were very very fun. I I, I enjoyed it. Um, I could see myself getting better game after game, and then going back to Boston, also working with Coach Jay, and uh, being in some of the games, being in the locker room, and uh, getting close to the guys. It's it's been a great experience overall. Yeah. So okay, selfishly for me, mm -hmm. I'm a huge huge Brad Stevens fan. He's my like. When he was at Butler, uh, I actually, when I was getting towards my recruiting age, I was like, man, I want to go play for him. Then he makes a jump to, to the NBA. What, what is he like? I'm asking a question I think I know part of the answer to. What's the culture like in Boston? What does he kind of bring that you love about the <clears throat> South program? Because you said, and I love the way you're talking about reading a room, knowing when you're like, you know, in the right spot. What made – 
you feel like, yeah, this is my spot based on what Coach Stevens does for you guys? So it's like, when let's say when you're in college, right? Yep. Um, you have your coach. And a college rock, locker room in general is very different from a pro's locker room. A college locker room, you almost feel like it's a family because yep. you, you, you see those people every day. You go to class with them. And the, the coach is almost like a dad figure. And right. um, all the good college coaches treat their players like their own son. And that's what I had at UCF. Um, coach Dawkins had his son, uh, you know, in the team with us, uh, Aubrey. And you couldn't tell, like, that was his son over us. Like, he, he treated us all the same way, like we were part of his family. And Coach Brad reminded me a lot of um, – of course, Coach Dawkins. Um, maybe because he coached, coached in college before, so he came in with that kind of experience. But just just as a person, um, Coach Brad is one of the best people people out there, and one of the you know most genuine people. Like he's, you could tell he's first off he's very transparent. Um, he's very knowledgeable. He he knows the game so well. Like in practice, he would just. You, you can just tell this man knows knows he's really good at his job, but um, you can also tell that he cares about the individual before the player. And yeah. in that order, when you put people in that order, especially basketball player, it's that's that's what you know make really good coaches. And he has mm-hmm. that. Man, that's that's really cool to hear. I know he built a, a culture at Butler that that still lives on there today and now is building something really special. Uh, but you guys, you know, on top of just having, I mean, in my opinion, I mean, Popovich, you, you can't go against him and, and stuff like that. But Coach Stevens, what he's doing is going to be a legend in the game for sure. Uh, but not only that, you guys got a lot of uh, a lot of really good pieces. You got young pieces. Um, and, you know, you guys have had – a little bit of a you know shift in 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 lineups and stuff like that, but one guy in particular, Jason Tatum, is somebody who, I mean, is taking everybody's attention and kind of focus it on what he's doing over there. This might be a, a reach, but I know a lot of people agree he's got a lot of Kobe esque uh, you know movements to his game. Uh, but talk about talk. Tell me about Jason and and how much he puts into you know, off-season work, uh, what he's like on and off the court, how hard, you know, he goes during practice, what he does, that kind of separates him. I mean, first of all, he's very talented. He's probably one of the most talented people that I've ever seen play. And things just come – yeah, just things just come natural to him. And second, he has the hard work to back up that talent. And Jason – Jason works as ours, as, you know, anybody that I've seen. We have the same – the crazy – we have the same trainer and we are assigned the same coach. So, Coach Jay works me out when I'm here. He works out JT as well. And then during the summer, he works out with Drew Hammond. I work out with Drew Hammond as well. So, those people can probably tell you more that I can say about him. But he – and uh, even during my workout, Coach Jay tells me what JT does. Like, that's so special. He's – he always has the same kind of rhythm to to his game. Like, it's just everything is just so. I don't I don't know how to explain it, but JT is just is just special, and he's just showing in his game right now. Even he's really good, and you can just tell he's even going to get even better. Like, yeah. Before we stopped the season, he was just killing it. 
Yeah, he's been on he's been on like a constant constant decline. <laughs> you know, Jason Tatum, like you said, is somebody who, I mean, he he's put in so much work, and you see that. Uh, and he's different than other guys. I feel like he's almost got this. We we talked about Muhammad Ali. We talked about that that confidence and that aura about him. And I feel like Jason Tatum has that same kind of almost quiet confidence in a way. Uh, it's, yeah, it's very very quiet confidence. What's he like? like he doesn't broke. too. I, I love I love that about him. Like JT is a superstar, but he's you, he's humble. Like he's yeah. he just and it's just not him. All the guys on our team. We have a lot of superstars on our team. We have Kemba. We have Gordon. We have Smart. All those guys, man. It's like I'm a I'm a rookie. It's my first year. I haven't accomplished anything, and just the amount of respect that they show each and every one of us for them, you know, to have accomplished so much. You know, to have reached that level, it just tell, tells a lot about, you know, the people that they are, for sure. Yeah, does Jason separate himself as a leader, you know, among that group, or is it something that he just kind of naturally, you know, you can just kind of feel it with him? Everybody is a leader on our team. Yeah, um, they, yeah they, they listen. They, they, that's, that's the culture that um, is, is being created. Um, you know, they, I, if I have an opinion, and I want to say to, let's say, Canberra or JT, they will, they will listen. They have, they don't have that type of ego, and that's what, that's just what I was saying about them, you know, being who they are. And that's why, that's one of the reasons why I really appreciate being a part of, you know, this organization. Just from from the top to the bottom, from the owners to the GMs to the coaches and everybody, they just, it's, they're just so humble, you know. No, man, I'm, I'm happy for you. It seems like you're in, in a really, really good fit, man. And, you know, just talking to you, just the, you can hear the kind of person you are. It's really cool that you found a, found a fit in Boston that, that kind of matches that. That's, that's really dope. For sure. Um, so now you, you jump back and forth uh, like a lot of guys, uh, especially in the early years between this G League, the two-way contract. Everybody kind of knows what it is. It's becoming a more familiar term. What's that like, though? Is it is there struggles with that? I mean, there's got to be in terms of adjustment. Uh, what do you like about both places and and stuff like that? Touch on touch on that for me. I mean, the the only struggle that I would say is the the traveling. Um, yeah. yeah, just like having having to go to go back and forth. Um, sometimes it's not too fun, but but it's it's I would say this is it's worth the experience. Right, it's worth the experience. You just the first you like you're part of the organization. You're part of the NBA organization, but they want to make sure that you get some playing time, which most likely you're not going to get a lot of it, especially in your first year. So spending a lot of time in the G League playing, and the G League has some tough guys, some really good players. A lot of those players that you see in the G League, they 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 supposed to be in the NBA. Like I've seen some players, I'm like, this guy, this guy is, you know, he doesn't belong in the G League. Like, but it's just a matter of opportunity. And there's a lot of guys like that in the G League. So, you know, you get not every night, but a lot of nights you get to play against good competition. Um, you get some playing experience. You get to stay in shape. Yeah. And then after that, you get to go back to you know the NBA organization. You get the coaching. You get the experience there as well, and it's just it's a win-win situation either way. So to spend that first year like that, I mean, it, to anybody, I I don't think it hurts at all. Yeah, no, that's 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 really cool. I mean, I know 
some guys say that I feel like that's the biggest thing every time is they bring up that travel portion where you're jumping mid-season team to team. But, you know, like you said, locker rooms are different from college and the NBA, but it seems like you've, you know, found a way to, to completely adjust to that. So um, who did you coming up, like who was somebody you modeled your game after? Because how tall are you right now? You're seven, what? Six. You're seven, six. So for me, I'm 5'10 on a good day. So that means I got a lot of di- – well, actually, we're on two different ends of the spectrum. I don't have a lot of NBA guys who are 5'9". Yeah. Uh, I got to look at your guy Kemba, different dudes like that. And then you're 7'6". Finding people that kind of line up for us seems to be, you know, kind of difficult. Who did you, growing up, always kind of model your game after? Well, I – Honestly, when I first started, it wasn't just bigs that I was looking at. I watched a lot of bigs. Um, that's one of the things I used to go on YouTube as well to do. Watch like I would watch Shaq. Um, when I first started, you know, Dwight Howard was kind of still, you know, okay. Okay. You better be um, careful. <laughs> <laughs> go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yep, I yeah. Yeah, I, I did. I watched Dwight and Dwight. People, I feel like people don't give Dwight the credit he deserves. Like, no, Dwight, I, they don't. Yeah, they don't. Dwight was a beast, and then people. I heard people talk about Dwight, Dwight Howard, like he wasn't, you know, the Dwight Howard that we remember. Like, Dwight, Dwight was a beast. So, yeah, he was. Um, him, Shaq. Um, I used to watch Hakeem, Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, I even used to watch. Out? Did you work out with Hakeem? I worked out with him once. That's what I thought. How was that? That was dope. I went to the gym where he took uh, LeBron and them and Kobe. And I-, I watched that video of him teaching those guys, like, his moves. And then I went to that gym. And I was like, oh, like, I was looking around. Like, That's the same gym I just saw on YouTube. Like, Yeah. Yeah. So that was dope. That's crazy. So him, um, I-, I would watch Kareem, Bill Russell, Yao Ming. Um, so all those bigs. And then I would even watch some guards, some guards just like. Oh, man. Because I, I just wanted to have. To come off ball screens. That's what I'm hearing right now. I just know it's not. A, it was just a matter of having the feel for the game. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, the game, the more you play basketball, you know, yeah. you, you get that feel. But also you can watch, you can watch videos. Like you right. just engrave all of that into your head. And, um, you know, that's, that's why I was watching all those type of videos. And to this day, I still do. Um, so I, I, I did a lot of that. That's awesome. That's really cool. What, uh, here's my thing. I love, I love asking people this because it gets us going in a lot of different directions. And for you, it's important because sitting here, listening to you're extremely well-spoken and, and sounds like mom had you, uh, more focused on, on the books than the ball early on. So with that being said, if it wasn't for basketball, what would you want to be doing right now? What would Taco Fall be? Would you be putting a suit on, walking down Wall Street? What are you, what are you going to be doing? That's a good question. Um, now, Even now, I ask myself that question. Like, I, I try to put myself in that scenario. If I'd never met um, Ibrahim to, nope. you know, yeah, like, what, what would happen? Um, back then, it was my dream to become an engineer. Um, I mentioned earlier I was in a group of friends uh, we, we were kind nerds. of nerds. Yeah. And all of us, it was only one of us that wanted to write. And then the other ones, we were really good at math and like sciences and things like that. So 
um, in, in, in our school system, we specialize really early. So right. I think we specialize in middle school, after middle school. So right after middle school, you kind of specialize. You can choose. Really? Yeah, you can choose if your focus is more into um, the STEAM. That's, that's what you guys call STEAM. STEAM. STEAM, yeah. I don't know nothing about it. Maybe. So, so like my math and sciences and things like oh, that. Oh, STEM, STEM, STEM. STEM, STEM, STEM. Yeah. Gotcha. So you can, you can specialize in that. Or if you want to, you know, specialize into, let's say, some other stuff like literature, you can do that. Yeah. And um, for me, I kind of specialized early into STEM. Um, in so middle that, school? Like around that age? Uh, right after middle school, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I was – I was just trying to like my main focus in middle school was trying to get like Justin Bieber's exact haircut. Like I, that was all I was worried about. You were trying to be an engineer at that age. Yeah. My God, man, I might but, have to call you doing some homework. Seriously. <laughs> but honestly, I forgot most of those things now. <laughs> okay, so don't. I would remember though. Like if if you put if you put it in front of me, like I will remember. But, yeah. Yeah. If like on the top of my head, because it's it's been so long. What specifically, like in engineering, did you did you ever think about like going into you know? Did you ever work for Elon Musk and SpaceX, like that kind of engineering, or what? Are we no, talking back about? then, back then, I didn't know Elon Musk existed. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. I wanted to become a comp- computer engineer because I was always like, I was always very touchy into you know that kind of stuff. I was always messing with um, our TV and the phones and things like that. So yeah. I was like, I was always messing with that kind of stuff. So I wanted to become a computer engineer. Um, and actually, I, that's what I did my first two years at UCF. I did computer engineering and uh, computer science. Really? Yeah, my first two years. And, wow, that's um, crazy. So you wanted to go kind of that route possibly? Uh, if I didn't play basketball, that's I definitely would have seen myself do that, yeah. Like even today, like still right now, that that's something you you'd be passionate about. I'm the truth is right now. I'm like I think about basketball twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. Yeah. Twenty four seven, and um, especially during this quarantine time, I've been trying to find you know other things to do that maybe would carry after basketball. And I even thought about maybe later I can. I, I got my degree already, but I want to go back. Um, if I have some time to learn, do more like computer science classes, learn more um, languages, uh, like programming languages, because I think that's the future, Uh, especially like things in cybersecurity and things like that. Um, So I can can definitely see myself uh, going back, going back to school to to learn those skills. Right. And um, also do do some other things after I'm done playing. Because you also got to think, I mean, basketball career is not that long. Right. Um, <clears throat> who knows? Maybe I have 10 years, 12 more years to play. So after yeah. that, I got to figure out what I, what I can do. And um, some other things that I want to do, I really want to be involved into growing the game back home in Africa. Yeah. Uh, which I've started um, working with, with the NBA, trying to, do do different camps um, when I when I can, so I, I want to do that as well. So either way, I still be involved in the game, but at the same time, I, I want to find something something that maybe I had a passion for before basketball and carry that. Yeah, 
No, that's 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 crazy, man. You're way ahead of the curve with that kind of stuff. That's really really cool to hear. What's uh, I've been I've been kind of I get distracted easily, but the background right there, the the artwork on the wall. Tell me about what what you got going on back there. Well, these are pretty much the animes that I grew up watching, except that one. On the, that one is recent. Five? Okay. That one is uh, is one of the most recent ones, but. The other one, so like you got Dragon Ball Z. Um, okay. This one is super. And then you have Naruto, which is probably my top two. Dragon Ball Z and Naruto are my top two. I have it's a lot more. I have Bleach. I have that one is Black Clover. Um, mm-hmm. I have more than like, there's like Berserk. So I've been an anime fan since I was a kid. It's, I still watch it to this day. Like before, yeah. before I got on the call, that's what I was watching. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. Were you watching? What were you watching, Nardo? No, I was watching Mob Mob Psycho. That one is recent too. Okay. See, I got a I got a buddy who he's introverted. Now, like when when we're done with practice, he goes to his room, shuts the door, and he throws on Naruto, and that that's the only thing you'll hear from him the rest of the day. He's actually my my roommate, but I might have to. So you've been watching this for a, a while now. Yeah. You, you know, uh, with 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 that group of friends I had. <laughs> <laughs> we are, yeah, we, 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 I've been watching this for a very long time. You guys did math together and watched anime? We did all, I mean, we, we used to stay in school after school. Uh, we used, that's mostly how we used to do our homework. And then we, you know, that would give us the time to hang out with each other. Then yeah. I would go to my best friend's house. We would just do, we had, I had a fun, fun childhood with that for sure. Man, that's that's the kind of group right there that ends up running the world. I'm telling you, you guys, one way or another, I love it. That's that's really cool. Me and my friends, I didn't want to get into what we what we did in high school. It wasn't it wasn't anything highly intelligent like that, but it should have been. Uh, hey, man, what's uh what's next for Taco Fall? A lot of people want to hear about you know your your games evolving. You've done a great job, man, in in taking like obviously the hype and the, and the crazy things that have happened in the past probably year or two, you see the videos of people chanting, you know, uh, for you to get put in for the Celtics. And now you're trying to establish yourself as, as a, you know, legit long-term NBA player. What's the next thing for you on the court, off the court, you know, your five-year outlook? Well, I mean, I, like I said earlier, I just want to become the best basketball player that I, that I can possibly be. And right. That's, that's my main focus. I, I like to compete. Um, I want to play against the best because I feel like that's the best way to, you know, to become one of the best. You got to play against the best and to learn from them. And right now I'm itching to play. Are you? And yeah, I'm, I'm itching to play. And um, I want to become the best that I can possibly be. And who knows what what's that's going to be. Um I just want to see how far you know I can go, and I want to push myself to to that to that limit if if there is that limit. So right. um, I I would try to work very hard towards that goal. And like I said, I've been very fortunate throughout my journey. I've had people that have really pushed me to you know to to get there, and even even to this day um, with the Celtics and especially the coach I have now, um, the one I'm assigned with, Jay Jay Larnaga, he's he's been awesome. So. That's that's my goal. I just want to become the best basketball player that I can possibly become, and I want to become the best human being that I can possibly become outside of basketball. 
Yeah. Um, I want to help as many people as I can, um, especially back home, because you know, I know the struggle that's, that's in there, and um, I know how I can help. So that's definitely going to be my main, my main focus. And um, just like I said, try to be the best human being that I can possibly be. I'm, I'm not perfect. Um, you're not perfect. Like nobody's, nobody's, nobody's yeah, no, no one, no one's perfect. We all have our own flaws and um, things like that. So I just want to make sure that you know, I just live live a life that my parents would be will be proud of, and anyone whether it's now, whether it's in the future, will look back on and say, "Wow, this this guy." really lived his life to the fullest and, you know, made sure that everyone around him or anybody who was look, looking up to him yeah. um, learned, the, learned the most out of, out of it too. Yeah. What, so, uh, you, you want to end up back in, in Senegal or do you <laughs> want to kind of go back and forth? Have you adjusted to the American culture enough where you would like want to stay here or is your end goal back home? I have no idea. I, you know, at some point, there was days where I was like, maybe I would live in America, but then I went back home last summer. I was like, like, I really miss home. Like, I just miss that kind of environment. So I think eventually I'll be uh, one of those people that just go back and forth a lot because um, honestly, now everything that I own is in, in America. Pretty much. Yeah, when, when's the last time you saw your family? Um, so my mom, I, I was able to bring my mom in my, um, in here. So my mom is in New York and, uh, awesome. my, my brother has lived here since he was nine. He's 14 now. Okay. So basketball player? Not yet, but he's, he's getting there. He's, uh, he might become as tall as me, honestly. Really? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. He's, uh, Man. he's getting there. So, um, uh, Eventually, I think I'm going to have him live with me. I just want to make sure he's mature. He gets mature enough to, but once, yeah. But he, um, huh? I got you. Yeah. Make sure yeah. he's mature enough to come into that lifestyle. I feel it. For sure. So I want, I definitely want that. But before that, I didn't see my mom for like seven years. Seven years. Yeah. That was tough. That was tough. That was Lots tough. Of like and, calls or what? And the first two years, um, the first two years, like maybe three years, we, we didn't even get on FaceTime like that. Like I didn't, I literally didn't see her face. Wow. We would talk on the phone, like I would hear her voice. But but that was about it. Um, so that, that was that was tough. But um, I got to go got her stateside now. She's here. Yeah. She gets to come yeah. to games, I'm assuming. Yeah. She hasn't yet. She got here. She got here not long before the 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 whole thing started. The pandemic, really. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good that she got in, and now hopefully, when this craziness ends, you know, God willing, it does. Uh, you know, she'll be able to get out to some games and stuff. Are they allowing? Uh, are they allowing family in the bubble, or is it literally just teams? Well, I don't know. I think it's going to be just teams for maybe the first couple months and then after that you maybe you are you may be allowed to bring family okay. but I have to check on that I'm sure they're gonna eventually allow families they may they may have to stay inside the bubble yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, that'll be interesting to see how they run that uh, but that brings me to our last thing here before you, I'm gonna let you get back to anime uh, we're gonna play we're gonna play a little game we always like to end this uh, show 
with with a game that's that's relatable to to the guests and you. We talked about the bubble quite a bit. All right, so we're gonna play a game called In the Bubble. So I'm gonna do my little intro thing here. Just give me two seconds. Three, two, one. What's going on, everybody? Uh, we're back, and we're back with another game. It's Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday. Taco Fall is on the podcast. I'm not sure if this is going to air on Tuesday, but that's what it is. And today we're going to play a game called In the Bubble. If you don't know what that is, the NBA is having a season restart down in Florida, um, and they are going to be all enclosed in, yes, the bubble, where nobody's going to be allowed really in or out. It's going to be limited people, and they're going to run their uh, final uh, regular season games and see who takes that eight seed. So, Taco, your job for me is I'm going to run down a list of two people, and you are, you are the president of the bubble. You get to say who goes in uh, and who has to stay out. I'm going to give you two names, and right off the top of your head, you're going to give me your answer. You ready? Let's go. All right, let's do it. First and foremost, Kanye West or Drake? Drake. Drake gets in the bubble. All right. Actors, Will Smith or Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Tough one. Uh, and they're both like two of, two, of my, two of my favorites, too. I pick Will Smith. Will Dude. Smith? All right. I could have picked either one, but I, I, I go with Hey, some, somebody's got to stay out. And to be honest, The Rock might have to stay out because I hear he might be planning a presidential, presidential campaign. So oh, we'll Lord. Yeah, yeah. All right. Number three. Beyonce or Oprah? Beyonce. Okay, Beyonce. Conor McGregor or Floyd Mayweather? Floyd. All right, Money Man's coming in. Uh, DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio or Brad Pitt? More actors. Uh, that's a good one. I, I take Leonardo. Okay, DiCaprio's coming in. Uh, Justin Timberlake. Or Justin Bieber. Now we're talking Justin Timberlake with the the dyed blonde tips and the the fourteen like two thousand fourteen Justin Bieber with the hair. JB. JB. Yeah. Okay. All right. I feel you, little baby. All right. Uh, number nine. Overtime, Larry or overtime, Chloe. Oh, I think. <laughs> uh, sorry, Chloe. Uh, I gotta go with wow. because. Because I give I give Larry a hard time every time I see him, so <laughs> at least I gotta you know I gotta be nice to him one time. Okay, so you're giving you're giving Larry the nod. I like it. But I still Chloe is still cool, so don't yeah. take it personal, boy. But I just you know I just give Larry too much of a hard time. Hey, I feel you. So man. I him the past today. He's he's good stuff. They're both great. All right, last one. We're gonna go uh, we're gonna go Boston edition on this. Okay. Two actors again. We've we've had a lot of them. Boston edition: Mark Wahlberg or Ben Affleck. Oh, Mark! This that's Mark an Wahlberg. easy one right there. Mark, Mark's my guy. Yeah. Does he ever come to games? Mark, um, I, I don't think I've seen him this year. His brother Donnie is always at the games. Really? Um, yeah, Mark. Mark and Donnie, they they great. Mark Mark is awesome too. Well, you better Mark. tell Mark. Uh, there's got to be a seven foot six inch movie position, you know, casting out there somewhere. And he's <laughs> first in line. I only think there's going to be like two people in the whole world that are going to be in that line, but you should definitely be getting in that, man. But all right. All right. That was it. That was in the bubble with Taco Fall. He picked his boy, Mark Wahlberg at the end. Uh, let us know what you think about all those responses in the comments.
All right, hey, Taco, I really appreciate you jumping on, man. You killed it. I, I, I got to say this before we even get off, you know, jumping on. I was excited to talk, but you, like, blew me away in terms of, like, I thought you were just going to be a hooper. A lot of times guys come on here, only want to talk about hoops, but shout out to your mom and everybody else who was involved, you know, kind of on your way up. You're an awesome dude. It was a lot of fun talking to you, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, get icy. Go click the link in the bio ASAP. Check out these videos and subscribe ASAP.